welcome to Celebrating Independent Artist Spotlight. As always, I'm your host, Coach Kelly Tamey, out here in beautiful San Diego, California. Hot San Diego, which right it is right now. Ooh, it's 100-degree weather all week. It's been, it's been really hot. But I have the honor and the pleasure of interviewing Miss Chanel Monique today. She is absolutely freaking awesome. I'm so excited to get into this interview <laughs> She is a survivor of one of the New Orleans hurricanes, Hurricane Catherine. Uh, she is also an author of the journal Love and Confidence, and she's uh, in what's the, what's the other one? The wife, the wife, the wife between us and broken silence. Oh. Girl, I, I want to dig into that title. Right, that one right there. <laughs> that sounds like yeah. that was a hot mess in there. So we'll, we're, we're going to dig into that one as well. Uh, you know, we're, we're both survivors of divorce, and we're both God-fearing women. And, you know, we just single moms, and we just we do what we got to do, man, to, to make right. life go round and round. So uh, welcome, Miss Chanel. It is so awesome to finally get to talk to you. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm, you know, just another work day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have you always known that you wanted to be an author? Yeah. Um, like coming up when I was um, younger in school and everything, and, you know, every time the teacher gave you a topic to write on, my teacher always told me I had a wild imagination. Oh, okay. So, so are, you, are you more of a fiction writer or a nonfiction well, sorry. Well, um, I, I think it's like both because I started off when I did when I did my first book. I started off and I wrote about real life. You know what happened to me in my life, and even my second book, I feel like it's real life with the journal because you know I asked a whole lot of questions and you have to you know answer them and be honest with yourself. Now, as with the wife between us, you know I went off you know, into real life and, you know, not so real. You know, sometimes I feel like a wife could be a side chick. So that's why I went that with the wife between us. Mm, okay. Um, so what, what came first, the, the wife between us or the love and confidence journal? The um, broken silence came first. And then I did the journal, um, Love and Confidence. Okay. And then The Wife Between Us is the third book. Oh, okay, okay. So the, the Broken Silence, so was that about your divorce or what was so, so take us through the journey here. So, you know, if you did the, the Broken Silence, it makes sense to do the Love and Confidence journal in between and The Wife Between Us next. It just, it, it falls into place now. So um, what, what, what is the, the broken silence? What was, what was that about? Broken silence was basically about me just tired. You know, I just got fed up with a whole lot of stuff, and I wanted to come out and talk about it. Because you know how when you're young, you learn how to keep secrets. I did. I learned how to keep secrets at a young age, mm -hmm. you know, so – you hold so much stuff in, and it messes up relationships around you because you're still angry about that. You know, uh, you're still holding this in, so you're not talking to this person. You know about stuff that happened 10 years ago or something, you know. So I decided to just I decided to write about it. And right. then, you know, I went, I went through a real bad divorce, 
in 2017, I went through a real bad divorce. So I was like, this is it. I'm just about to talk about it. <laughs> so so now people about to just pay me to be nosy. <laughs> like, like that's what I did. So, that's, yeah, that's what I did. Yep. Yeah, it's uh we we are and it's a, and I don't know if men have that same um what's the word I'm looking for that same stigma I guess about you know mm-hmm. you have to keep secrets young uh being a survivor of childhood sexual abuse you know right time right over, you know they always tell you don't get don't tell nobody you're going to be in trouble right exactly you know and and you be you wind up being ashamed of stuff that you don't even have no control over like why i'm ashamed of this like i didn't even do nothing you know what i'm saying and that's when all the low self-esteem come in and and that's when you know your relationship's not working you know even with your husband or your boyfriend or you know whoever because you holding so much stuff in Mm -hmm. absolutely and so the when you when you broke your silence, how how was it received? Like what what were people saying? Well, you know, a lot of people just were shocked <laughs> for the most part because nobody knew none of this stuff happened. You know, mm-hmm. so a lot of people a lot of people were shocked about it, and it was like, oh wow, I didn't know you went through this. Or, I didn't know this happened. You know. I didn't know that happened. But for the most part, you know, I really didn't get no backlash except for, you know, with my ex-husband. <laughs> that was oh, probably it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I wasn't, yeah, so I, I didn't even worry about their backlash. That's the only backlash I got, you know. Right. So. Um, yeah, I, I, when I wrote my book, it was kind of the, the same way. Like, you know, my my children watched me go through my walk, but I hid a lot from them, too, like, because I didn't want them to see my pain. You know what I mean? Right. I, I hid a lot from even my, my best friend and people that, you know, would have considered themselves the closest to me. They had no idea how I was feeling when I was going through my dark places and how bad it really got for me. And so when they when they sat down and they read my book, they were like, oh, my God, like I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And so right. it was emotional for them to, to read the story over again because now they're seeing it from my point of view. They're not on the right. side looking in. They're, they're walking that walk with me all over again. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting just to hear what other people have to say, and then uh, when people that don't know you at all and they read your story for the first time, and they're like, "Oh wow," you know, right? It gives them a little bit of hope because they everybody sees some of themselves in somebody else's story. Right, they do. Mm-hmm. Because when I first when I was going through the stuff I went through in my um, divorce, mm-hmm. um, I was. I was embarrassed, you know, I was, and, you know, because he got some girl pregnant and they was treating me like I was the wrong, you know, like I was the side chick, you know, that's why I made the wifey clean up, you know, whatever. And so I was the one embarrassed, you know, I was the one like, oh, my God, they're going to be saying this or they're going to say that or they're going to, I'm like, why am I so embarrassed? You know, why am I ashamed of this stuff? You know, like I didn't do anything. So I shouldn't be ashamed of his acts, you know, for what he did, you right. know, or whatever. But, yeah, it was hard, you know, when I was going through it. And I was like, well, I'm just about to write about it. I'm just about to let the world know, honey. <laughs> yeah. So so basically, 
that's what I did. I just sat down and wrote about it, you know, and I wrote him a letter, but I never gave it to him. And I read that in a book because I read a lot. It it said, write the person a letter, but don't give it to him or something. And, well, I felt like that helped, you know, but, hell, I put it in the book anyway. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, so I put it in the book anything on way, but, you know. But, yeah, it did. It helped a whole lot because, honey, Oh Lord, that that was a rough that was a real rough time for me. I bet so. I like I see you a good one because like he got somebody else pregnant and he married me. I, I mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to take on some prison orange. Right, you know that's <laughs> how I was feeling. You know, like I was feeling. You know, I was like, oh my God, if you just was able to go kill somebody and get away with it. <laughs> you know, like, it just it was just crazy, all the thoughts I was having. Like, Jesus had to really hold me tight. It was bad, honey. It was bad. Because I was like, why would, why would he do that? You know, and then for the family to just uphold it, like, it's cool or something, you know, like, that was just crazy to me. I just, I didn't understand that at all. Right. Well, and and you have to, it's, and you're probably in a better place to receive this now than you would have been then, but what he did had nothing to do with you. The way he right. treated you had absolutely mm-hmm. nothing to do with you. Him cheating right. to get another woman pregnant, none of that had anything to do with you. It had everything to do with him and and his self-esteem and his self-worth and all of that. You know what I mean? They'll, right. they'll, they'll try to shift the blame on you because they don't want to look mm-hmm. at you but whatever they spew out is what they feel about themselves. And so, you know, I'm I'm just glad that you got set free. You know what I mean? And you yes. were able to write about too. it. Me too, honey. And I'd be like, babe, I'm in a better place. So I thank him. I'd be like, well, thank you for hurting me. <laughs> All right. Like, that's what, I, that's what I do now. I just thank him. Too. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, because now you know exactly what you don't want in a relationship. Right. And you can get real clear on what you do want. You know, it, right. it gives you a lot of clarity, and, and clarity is a beautiful place to be. Beautiful. Yeah. So tell me about the love and confidence journal. I'm a journaler, so coming out of my dark places and out of my depression and having to stare down with a bottle of sleeping pills, journaling was part of what saved my life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, because writing is really therapeutic, mm-hmm. and that's why I made a journal, because I used to write. Forever. Like my mama always bought me a journal and I just used to write in it every day, just writing crazy stuff, you know, or whatever. And I decided to write the journal after, you know, after that breakup because you have to learn how to love yourself all over again. You know what I'm saying? You, like, I used to wake up and just cry. Like, girl, what did you cry for? Like, what, what is wrong with you? You know, like, that's because I guess I'm still hurting, you know, or whatever. So you have to look your, you know, you have to love yourself naked. That's what they say. You know, that's what they call it. Um, You have to look in the mirror and just love everything about you and just know that you did nothing wrong. You know, you is beautiful. You know, nothing's wrong with your body. You is okay. You know, love yourself. And so that's why I made the journal, and I asked a lot of questions in it. You know, like one page have new me. At the top of it, it say new me. The Mm -hmm. other page, when you have to write new me, is for in the morning time. Mm -hmm. The next 
page is at nighttime, and it said better me one day at a time. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's a three-month journal, so it takes a whole month to finish the first the first um, context. It takes a whole month for that for that section for section one, and it have questions like I woke up feeling, uh, what do I need to do to help me today? Um, today I affirm. Um, uh, today I want God to know. You know, and you just write it down. You just answer the questions. You know, did did my ex try to get my attention by communicating with me or anyone I know in any way? You know, because sometimes, you know, they decide they won't call you. And right. we be feeling our feelings and won't talk to them, but that don't help. That don't help at all. You have to cut them off. You have to cut them completely off. And I talk to them and I talk about it. Don't even bring it up no more. You have to really just move forward and let it go, you know, and um, they have a question, what could I have done a better job at today? You know, it's just a, a lot of questions that I ask. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, too, when we go through those emotional things, like coming from the life coaching side of it, those those emotions create a visceral feeling in your body. Like your your body gets addicted to those feelings. We we get addicted to those emotions. Our, our our mind is in control in the beginning, but we create these habits. And if you've got a husband, that's a habit. Right. He's, he's your habit. He comes home to you every day. You wake up to right. him every day. You eat dinner, you go to movies, you do all of these things. He's become a part of your your cells in your body. Mm-hmm. And so when it's right. like cutting off, because everything is energy. It's like cutting off a part of your spirit because that that person has been energetically attached to you for that long. Mm-hmm. And so you have, you, you have to fight the cravings in your body. And I'm not necessarily talking about the sexual cravings, just the emotional cravings that your body's having. Mm-hmm. But want that back. Like, where is, where is my habit? Where is my, where's my drug? Like, and, and it's, it, it's so awesome to, to hear you say, like, did he try to contact me? I've got to cut him off because you're now right. taking control of your body. You're not letting mm-hmm. your body run your mind anymore. You're just like, I'm out. Deuces, you know? Right. And, and that's a that's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing to do. So I, I'm super glad that you put that in there. Um, and so the, the wife between us, I'm, I'm assuming, is the one that he was complaining about. <laughs> or was he complaining about the first one, too? <laughs> The 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 wife between us actually I was like I'm the wife you know I was actually the wife uh-huh. you know whatever and and I was between them you see what I'm saying right. so I was the wife that was between you know those two you know whatever and I decided to write that book. Because I like I say, I feel like wives could be sachi because I felt like a sachi. Like I was like, am I the wife or am I the other woman? You know what I'm saying? And they like I got treated, I got treated like I was a sachi. It's just that simple, you know. And I and I just sat down and wrote a, a book about being a wife with a man, you know, but your husband have another woman on the side, you know. And that's what I basically just sat down and did, wrote a story about it. 
Yeah, girl, you a good one. That's all I <laughs> and, and I know there are so many women that have to that, that have experienced that. And it, it's um Yeah, I, I, I just I'm speechless. I, I, I wasn't married to the guy that did it to me. Um mm-hmm. we we were engaged for five years and he was with he had three other women in three different counties and married one of them and didn't tell me he was sleeping in my bed two days after he said I did. Oh my God. Men something wrong with men. Men is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like they don't value life or something because honey, them is ground for you to die. Like right. what are you doing? Right. You know what I mean? And it's like it's the the only reason I found out was because his wife called me and wanted to know why I was sending her husband text messages with I love you attached. Oh, Lord. And this poor lady, she don't even know what's going on. Oh, see, but I, I, I knew about her because he said, oh, she's my crazy ex. And she had already told oh. So, okay. I, like, I, but I was blinded by love and I kept him around. <laughs> Right. That was like that was the very beginning. I I I think I was depressed most of my life, but that was that was like when the seriousness of my depression really started. Was going through yeah, that. and and depression is real. That oh, is yeah. real, honey. When you go through some pain like that, that's awful. That is awful. You don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to be bothered with nobody. You just want to be locked in your room away from people. And, you know, I couldn't be like that. I still had a house to run. I still had to go take care of 20 other people, kids, you know, because I'm a school teacher. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I still had to show up with a smile on my face, you know, for them children. Right. So I couldn't just. Put on that fake happy face. Right. And I couldn't just sit up in this house and be, I guess, I probably would have, um, Died or something just sitting up in here like that if I had nothing to do with myself. Right. And that's how people commit suicide. And that's another reason why, you know, I just came out and wrote and I made that journal, you know, to let to let women know that, you know, it's okay. You know, you can get over it. You know, it's a it's a light. It's a light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The light might seem far away, but just keep walking. Just keep a right. foot in front of the other. Because it's hard, and it is easier said than done. That's the whole truth. Because you do, you do want to pick up the phone and keep calling and keep asking why this and why that. But that don't do no better because no matter what they tell you, that why will never be enough. It'll never be enough because you gonna want to know. He gonna answer the question. And you're going to be like, well, why is that? And you're going to meet me after that. Then you're going to be like, well, why is that? You know what I'm saying? So why why would never be the, you know, you'll never get your why. So stop asking why. you got to just let it go. But at the end of the day, it's because it's exactly what he wanted to do. And those are the hardest exactly. words for people to hear. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly what it was. He what he wanted. Yeah. And it had so to do with you. It sucks to hear it, but it's the truth. And if you can accept it and you can move on, then you're going to be so much better for it. You're going to stand so much better. Because if you keep asking that why, you're questioning your worth. Why am I not good enough? Right. And that's like, why 
Like, what she have that I don't have? Yeah, Why yeah, you pick her? Why, you know, and now you got low self-esteem. Is she prettier right. than me or something? Like, girl, no, and nobody's not prettier than you, baby. You better put that in your head. <laughs> you know, right. like, you is beautiful. You know, right. nothing is wrong with you. It was him. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They don't. It's just crazy how a person could destroy another person. It's. It, I. I. I don't understand it. it. As much as I study the human brain and the emotions and why people do what they do, so I can help them un untangle those knots. It's. I. There's some things that just aren't explainable. You know what I mean? And and they're not going to tell you. They're going to tell you whatever it is that they want you to hear or whatever yep. that they think is going to get them back in your pants. Yeah. That's it. You got to disconnect yourself to them. Right. And then as soon as they get back there, that's it. You know what I mean? Because once, once you get over them, oh, child, you'll be in here for them. Mm-hmm. You ain't learning about none of that. None of that, because guess what? I bet you this, I ain't in the same place that left me. Right, right, so, right. Say that again for the folks in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, honey, because every time you see me, babe, I'm going to be doing better than the last time you saw me, and that's right. my motto. Right. Yeah. yeah, you won't see me shining from the stage, and you'll be like, damn, Gina. Uh, right. You that used to... <laughs> You used to, you used to be my man. Guess what, boo? You can't even get me to me now. Right, exactly. Like, baby, I'm a whole celebrity out here. Right, right. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. So, do you have another book coming out? Have you got another one started, or another one that you're thinking? Um, of? yeah, I started. Um, I actually started part two, episode two of the Watch Between Us. Um, that's um, the wife between us gonna be a few episodes. So I started, and I actually put a sneak peek of episode two in episode one. So you know, a lot of people been hitting me up. Chanel, when you gonna put out two? When you gonna put out two? I'm like, girl, I'm like, it's coming, it's coming. Y'all gotta give me some time. <laughs> like, like yeah. right in You gotta be focused when you sitting there writing those books. Well, yeah, and writing is emotional, especially when you're telling the parts about your story. You know, what right? I mean? It's it's been it's it's difficult sometimes when you get if you've not completely healed when you get to those hard parts, it's too emotional. Right. You gotta put it down. And that's how I was. That's how I was with um when I wrote my first book. Oh man, we we sat through editing. So we must have took forever editing that book because I was reading and then we would speak some stuff and then I'd cry and then they'd be like, okay, you need to take a break. You okay? <laughs> and it was right. like, it was so bad writing that first book. But, you know, I made it through, you know. It's just facing the truth, you know, facing reality. Like, dang, I really went through this. Like, this really happened to me. You know, it's just messed up. And, it's, you know, it's like nothing you could do about it. You can't go kill them. You can't go blow the house up. You can't go do nothing. Like, it's like nothing you can do about it but accept it, you know, and deal with it, you know, and try to get over it. That's basically it. Um, 
forgive somebody who's not sorry, and that's the hardest thing to do. You'll never get a real apology from them. They're not sorry. No, they're not. And and so I I teach people a, a, an exercise called I Blame You where we just erase all that negative energy tied to that. Because that's the, right. the, 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 the truth around that right there is they're not sorry, and they don't care. They're not. They're not. They just don't care. That's real life. They they don't care. They don't give two shits. Is there anything at all that you can do to go back and change those circumstances? Absolutely not. Is there anything that you can do to make those make that situation different than what it is? Absolutely not. You are giving away every single bit of your power by continuing to focus on them and blaming you right. where you are. Because at some point right. you chose to be with that person. You chose to be that happened in that relationship before you saw it. You, and you, if you go back and you look at it, you saw the signs. And you showed you ignored them. And you just kept accepting it. And you didn't want to believe it. That can't be true. There ain't no way he did Right. Yeah, you Right, and you ignore stuff because you're worrying about what people are going to say. Oh, they're getting a divorce. Oh, you know how people talk. Oh, this. Oh, he's doing this to her, and she this, and she that. You got to quit worrying about other people. I could tell you that. Right. Because when, when I wrote that book, I said, baby, I'm about, they about to talk about me, honey. I say, but that's all right. They're going to pay to talk about me. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I said. They ain't got a better that's what I said. Talking about me. Like, okay. Yes, honey. I say, well, they about to talk about me. Huh? I would send them a journal. Say, here, boo, let me send you a journal so you can journal about it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my God, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how many do you think are going to be in the series, uh, The Wife Between Us? Is it going to be two? Um, I don't know. I'm thinking I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm going to try to get five out of it. I'm going to try to get five out of them because it's really, you, I just have a whole lot of thoughts about Because relationships is something, man, like the cheating that's going on in the world today and women accepting that. Women is, and, you know, and that's, and I try to talk to women whenever, you know, whenever I get a chance, you know, but some people mind not open. You know, they're not ready. They're not ready for that kind of talk yet, and they get offended, you know, and, and I never call nobody stupid because you're not stupid. You don't know no better, you know, and when you know better, you do better, but you, women have to stop accepting that kind of behavior from men. It's just that simple. And they are stepping this side chick stuff. Like, that's the norm. They want to be side chicks or something. Like, what? what is wrong with y'all? No. That's not what we're doing. What, what they, th- they think it's better to be the side chick and be in a, be in a toxic relationship than to be single. Because single is <clears throat> And if you're single, then you're not lovable and you're not good enough. Child, I guess I'll be single, honey. I take single. <laughs> I'm fine. Like, I'm fine, you know. 
I did a whole podcast on singles, not a fact, yeah. just a word. You know what I mean? Once you realize that single is a word, it means that you're strong mm-hmm. and stand on your own too, and you don't need nobody but you. Right, and you. The thing is, people don't know how to be by themselves. Mm-hmm. They feel like they need somebody. They need somebody in their house. They need no. You don't go. Go eat by yourself. Go to the movies by yourself. Go out by yourself. I guarantee you, you will have fun. You mingling. You're gonna meet. You're going to socialize with other people, but you're going to have fun, you know, doing that. And then you're going to go home stress-free, just that simple. But a lot of people don't know how to do that. People just don't know how to do that. It's hard for them. They, they, they think people are like, they're too worried about what other people think, number one. That's it. That's all they're worried about. Too much value in other people's opinions. And I, yeah. I go out to eat by myself all the time. And I just did another podcast about being a butterfly. Like everybody wants their butterfly moment and they want to they wanna shine like a butterfly, but nobody wants to be a caterpillar or go into the cocoon and do the work. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. they're in that cocoon and don't ever want to come out. <laughs> they do. Right. You're right. Because I be inside, you know, I want to, I want to have a husband. I want to get married, you know, again, you know, whatever, whatever. But sometimes I'll be like, girl, you tripping, child. I ain't even got time. I don't want to cook for you. I don't want to do nothing. <laughs> I don't want, like, I don't even have time no more. Like, I don't, some days I don't even be wanting to be bothered no more. And, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing when you just get set in your own way. And now it's too late. You know, I feel like now it's just be too late to try to start something with somebody because now you set in your own way and now you don't even want to be by the hell of the time. But if you if you can't be by yourself and you can't if you can't learn how to love yourself, how are you going to teach somebody right. how to love you? Right, exactly. And that's just it. And I tell women, I tell them that all the time. I say. How you expect him to love you, and you don't even love yourself? He don't even love himself. So how he gonna love you? Yeah, he can't love himself if he's yeah. cheating on you and making you a right, right. And they don't, and they don't understand that. But like, if you, when I approach a woman and talk to him and tell him like, be like, oh, you don't love yourself, so they get mad. I do love myself. Oh no, you don't. You don't. And one day you understand what that means. Mm-hmm. Tell him, put your phone on selfie. Look at yourself in the mirror right there and say your name and say, I love you. Mm-hmm. And all the color drain out their face. Because they can't. Mm-hmm. They can't. Yeah. Or, 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 or say, I'm enough looking at themselves in the mirror. They can't do it. Yeah. When they can do it and they're so solid in that, won't nobody ever shake them off their foundation again. And right. they'll attract the type of man and the kind of love it is that they've always wanted. But in right. Case, and people, and that's another thing people don't believe, that you attract mm-hmm. who you are. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They don't believe that either. You, you need to, you have to surround yourself with good people. You know, if, if you around people, like I tell my daughter, you around 
you around people that's not going nowhere in life. They don't have no get up. You see, she got trying to finish college, and she have a baby, her baby daddy game banging or doing this or doing that. Guess what? You gonna probably fall in the same little circle and wind up with the same kind of boy or something because you is and you affiliated with that whole circle. So you have to surround yourself with good people. Yeah, you have to. Like, I, you are who you you are who you hang around. Mm-hmm. Like, if if you, uh, if you write down a list of your top ten people that you hang out with, and you put a plus, a minus, or a flat line beside them, plus means they add to your life. They're, they're mm-hmm. feel good. They're celebrating you. They support your dreams. They support your goals. They're pushing you to be a better you. They're holding you accountable. A minus means that they're they're negative nellies. You feel drained when you're around them. There ain't nothing good coming out of them. And a flat line is somebody that they're neither one. They're just existing in life themselves. If you talk about something good, then they'll be good with you. But if you want to bitch about something, they're going to bitch with you too. You know what I mean? They're just right. And you could probably do something inspiring and fire them to do something better. You know what I mean? The, the right. It's kind of there. And once you do that and you see how many, you get, if you're, and you're honest, like brutally honest with who these people really are in your life, you're going to take a whole lot of folks off that list. Sure, you sure love. And I tell them, you can't bring everybody with you. Everybody cannot come with you. I don't care how good, how close you and that cousin was. If that cousin not changing, not trying to grow, you can't bring them. You can't bring that cousin with you. you you're going to have to just reach back to them and feed them. Here you go. But they can't go where you're going. No, and, and, you, don't have to, you don't have to forget about them, but if they can't go, they can't go. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Um, they it, it's hard for them to to let go of of people from their past because they feel like they're the word I'm looking for. Um, they believe that if they're if they don't take them with them, then they're not a true friend. That's nothing to do. Right, and this right, right, and this how you know when changes came. When your friends or your cousins or whoever you have around them start telling you, mm, you acting funny, mm, you didn't change. No, I haven't changed, and I'm not acting funny. I'm growing, and you're not. You're still in that same spot. So you gonna, so you see me as if, oh, she acting funny now, you know, whatever. No, you're the one who have changed, not me. I act, I'm growing, you know. But they don't see it like that either. That's just like when a person get rich. Oh, money changed you. No, my money changed you because you thought I was about to be just giving you my money. <laughs> you know, like the money didn't change me. It changed you. <laughs> That's what it did. Girl, yeah. So. Like my money didn't change you. My money changed you. Changed you right out the door. Yeah, cause that's funny too. Money, money changed. So they got some money, boy, and then it changed. No, you changed. My money changed you. Cause they just swear to God, you gotta give them all your money. They gonna be calling and calling, and when you tell them no, oh my God. Right, the world's coming to an end. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's how you find out who your real friends are, too. Say no. Right. And find out how long they mm-hmm. stick around. Because if they get right. mad when you say no and they don't come back around again, they was never your friends to begin with. They was drilling holes in your boat when you wasn't looking. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you had to give uh, a brand new author that wasn't sure how to even start writing, what what if, what piece of advice would you give them? Well, I would probably just tell them to just sit down. You know, you don't have to know where to begin at. Just sit down and write. Don't try to separate the chapters and do that and do this. Just write your story. Just write. Just write it out. And when you feel like you didn't came to a closure with it, then you go back and try to fix your chapters. You go sit down with an editor or something, and they can help you make it out of a story, a real story. Because, you know, right now all you have is words on the paper. So now you have to make it make sense. You know, you have to stay focused. You have to stay focused at all times because you are your worst enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and uh, and it's, it's not a smooth road. It's always our bumps, honey. Your bumps is your friends and your family. But it, them, that's your bumps right there. So, you know, you're going to probably have to just separate yourself and just focus on what you have gone. Yeah. It, it, I told somebody, and that's pretty much the same advice. Every author that I've interviewed since I've been doing this podcast, everybody has pretty much said the same thing. Just sit down and write. It'll all come together. It will. Uh, the other thing I think that the majority of them have said too, like write, write what you're passionate about. Like if you're, if you like to read fiction books, then write. It's going to be difficult to write a nonfiction book if you like to read fiction. Um, if you like to read nonfiction, then nonfiction is probably what you're going to be best at writing. Um, I, I, I reading nonfiction books is what saved my life. You know what I mean? What changed my life dramatically. So uh, I've never been. I, I read fiction books with a purpose. You know, mm-hmm. If they have a, if they have a purpose in or a story to tell that's going to teach me something. Um, right. It, it's it's hard for me to read fantasy style fiction books and be into them because they they bore me. You know what I mean? Like, there's not anything. My my brain is hungry for for knowledge and things that I can use. And right. It's difficult for me to get into those books, even though I love Harry Potter. They they roll some kind of good some kind of good theme in there, something that you could learn in it. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. But I I've only read one of the books. I've just watched all the movies. So, uh, yeah, I I I struggle with reading the fiction. I I that's why I do. Um, I do the, the nonfiction. Even my book was nonfiction, sharing my story, and I got two more books coming behind it too that are going to be nonfiction. So, um, right. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. And when we were talking last week, did you say you had a play or or something? What you got coming up next week? Oh yeah, I'm in a yeah, I'm in a stage play September the seventh. Yeah, next week we actually start having rehearsal every day, and and it's like dress rehearsal. You know, like 
gap in time in between, like how long you have to take to get dressed before your next scene. And I'm like, I'm in all the scene except for one and two. So I'm thinking, I'm like, well, I think I'm just going to wear my same jeans and same shirts. So <laughs> that's what I said I'm going to do because I ain't got time. That's too much, honey, to be running back and forth on that stage like that. But, yeah, I'm in a stage play called Baby Mama Drama. It's funny. I'm a ghetto girl. My name Aquanetta. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. So but, yeah, it's fun, though. see you in your stage play, when, when and where can they come see you? Um, the stage play is actually in Edmond, Oklahoma, and it's September the 7th. It's in Edmond, Oklahoma at the Community Center. It's September the 7th, and we have two shows. One at one start at 3, and one show start at 7. And you can get the tickets from um, Ticketmasters.com, or you can hit me up for tickets. I have tickets, too. So it's whatever one. Yeah. Yay. Awesome. And where can they find your books online? Are they on Amazon? Yeah, you can find my books at Amazon, um, or you can hit me up for them, and uh, you can go to my website, ChanelMonique.com. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And, okay, so now I'm just going to ask some fun questions. What does Chanel like to do when she's not doing mom stuff and she's not at work? What What does Chanel do for fun for Chanel to make Chanel feel good? Child, spend money that I don't have. <laughs> I ain't even lied. I lied. I go shopping. I'm because I'm a shoe person. I'm a shoe and purse person. So I'm I'm either shopping for some different kind of shoes, or I'm seeing some kind of bag that I like, and I'm gonna go and pick that bag up or something. But I like to I like to go out to eat. And I like to go to the movies, and I like to go sit at the daiquiri shop and have some um, daiquiris. Yeah, to be best friends. I, I love shoes. I don't care nothing. Yes, I got to change my my thought processes on having a, a purse or a bag. I just I've been a personal trainer for so long, and now I'm making that shift into a full time life coach and public speaker and author and all that. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I'm I'm gonna have to break down and get. I've been such a tomboy. Like I don't I don't carry anything, man. It all goes in my pocket. <laughs> And I've been I've been a shoe per, a shoe and a purse person since a baby. Like I used to go to my grandma's house. I just thought her clothes was the finest things ever, honey. I used to go in her closet and put on her shoes and grab her little bags. And my grandma used to wear wigs, so I used to put her wigs on and. Just play dress up, like yes, because I'm taking this from my grandma when I get big. So these gonna be my shoes, <laughs> and like, like that's what I that's what I did. And I grew up loving shoes. I just I buy shoes just be, just because I have a problem in real life. Like I will go to the store, and if I pass up a shoe that I just think is cute, it I feel like it's talking to me or something. Like you really need to buy me. Like, don't pass me up. <laughs> Buy me. You need me. <laughs> you know. And so now I'm buying a shoe because now I didn't put it in my head. Well, I'm gonna find something to go with it. So I'm just gonna go ahead on and buy because this could go with that or something. Oh, yes, wow. it's 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 bad. It's so bad. I have two closets full of shoes and I ain't making that up. 
truth lies in front of you. It's bad. It's so bad with me. And it, and I pass it down to my kids, my kids' family. And when I go to my daughter's house, I say, why do you have all these shoes like this? <laughs> and she look at me and be like, Mama, are you serious? Did you really just ask me that? Like, yes, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, every time I go to her house, it's better. It's bad, honey. I said, I just got y'all the same way. I am, honey. They shoe crazy. Those all my kids are shoe crazy. Oh wow! Oh, my daughter-in-law. What? I my my kids are too. I can't even sit here and lie. Both both my daughter and my daughter-in-law and my son too. They they love the shoes. They love the shoes. I, yeah. I, I stay away from the from the store that's got all the heels in it. I, I girl loves yes. the heels. Some heels. It's it's bad. It is bad, and the thing is, I buy I buy heels only to wear them one time, like wear them to go get in the car, get out the car, and go sit down in the place. Because guess what? I can't dance in them because I'm be like, oh, my sword, I'm gonna have to take them off or something. But it's so bad, it's bad. But I love heels. Oh my god. Yeah, I I love them. And. and I've only got two pair right now because, like I said, I've been training for seven, going on eight years, so I hadn't really mm-hmm. them. That's all going to change. <laughs> yes, honey. I love him. I said I'm about to do like the celebrities. I told the children I'm about to go buy me some clear buckets, and I'm about to start putting my shoes up in my buckets and start labeling them. Like, I saw that on one of the – um, how the celebrity life or something, something to be coming on VH1 or something about the celebrities' lives or something, and they had the big old closet and their shoes was in the little container. It was like in the little white container, all nice and cute and neat. I said, oh, yeah, I'm going I'm to go buy me some white containers and start putting my shoes in them because right now I just keep them in the shoebox. But I said, yeah, I'm about to start going to buy me some containers too. <laughs> Yes, honey. I be serious about them shoes, but not tennis shoes. I'm not too much of a tennis shoe person. Yeah, I probably I, have about four pair of tennis shoes. I'm not a tennis shoe person. I, I've got big feet to be little. I'm like barely five foot five, but I wear a ten and a half wide. And so yeah, I wear eleven. Yeah, like so finding good shoes is hard for a sister. Yeah, you have to shop at DSW. Yeah, that's 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 the best place to shop. And usually for the yeah. shoes, I end up going to the men's shoes. Right, that's what I do over there, and they get some relatively cute shoes over there. But well, all right, Miss Chanel, you have been an absolute blast to talk to. You, <laughs> I am so glad we finally got on here and got a chance to chit chat and got to got to know each other, and in the world gets to know a little bit about Miss Chanel Monique. Uh, have you got an expected uh, launch date for part two of the wife between us? No, I don't at this time. Um, but you know, no telling. I probably have it out by sometime next year. Yeah, because okay. right now I'm focused on so much stuff. Right. But yeah, I have to sit down and get it finished. All right. Well, yes, ma'am. Well, it, good luck with your with your it's your daughter's graduating this year, right? Yes, honey. <laughs> yes, yep, that's exciting. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. 
Well, good luck with all of that, and good luck with your next book. And I know that I will see you at one of the CIA events soon. I appreciate you taking yeah. time out of your day to come talk to me, and I can't wait to hug your neck. <laughs> okay, honey. All right, baby doll. You have a great evening. Okay, you too, Shuku. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.